revolution is happening. Moms around the world are discovering how to run their own successful online business from home, giving them more time with their family and the freedom to create the lifestyle of their dreams. These women are mompreneurs. And this is the Mompreneurs Online Podcast. Here's your host, Fiona Lewis. Hi, it's Fiona Lewis here from Mumpreneurs Online and welcome to the next installment in our podcast. Today I have a very inspirational man here to share with us some stories about miracles and how you can expect miracles in, in your life. His name is Dr. John Hingwood and he has an unusual way of changing people's lives. I met him recently at an event in Melbourne and as soon as I heard him speak on stage, I knew that he was somebody that could offer the most incredible insight and value to our community. So John has a journey that has lasted more than 25 years and he's been handing out a small white card to almost everyone he has met. And I'm a very proud owner of one of these cards too. And on this card, it has just three words written on it. It just says, expect a miracle. And he's handed out over 90,000 cards to people all over the world in the last 25 years. Through this small act of kindness, John prompts people to think about their own miracles. The small, seemingly insignificant events and moments in people's lives that open the doors to a sense of wonderment and opportunity. In 1985, he and his wife, Dr. Judy Hinwood, adopted three totally illiterate altered children from Chile by exercising a loophole in the law to create their family, when they were told by Australian authorities it was not possible. Now, as a coach, mentor, author and international speaker for over 30 years, he has helped people all around the world in all walks of life find their own miracles. John's experience as a teacher and then health professional by training, a successful businessman by effort and an inspiration by nature has given him an awesome array of practical tools for success. So John, thank you so much and we feel very, very privileged to have you here on our call today. Fiona, thanks for having me. It's uh, fun to be here and uh, working with all your magnificent mumpreneurs. Yes, and I'm sure that when they hear your story, John, um, is it going to be a true inspiration for them? I was reading on your site before the call today about some of your background, and I was just amazed <laughs> at the experiences that you have been through in life and, and what you've achieved. And I'm just wondering whether you might be able to share with our listeners uh, some of what, what you've been through in life and the wonderful experiences that you've been able to have. I'd love to. Life, as they say, is a it's a journey. It's and other destination we never reach. As long as we're prepared for the twists and turns along the way, and never expect a straight road, uh, I think life's great. And also, there's defining moments. We all have defining moments in life, and it's being able to recognise those defining moments and taking advantage of them. Uh, there's a great quote that uh, you would have seen on the first slide I put up when I spoke to your. A uh, group of millionaires in Melbourne, Fiona, and it's by Einstein. And he said, in life, either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. Yes. So it's how you see it. It's, it's what you do. And I suppose my first defining moment that I can remember in my life and a, and a, a real turning point for me was when I was three years of age. I was a roly-poly little three-year-old and when I was running, I kept falling at preschool on my face all the time and I had gravel rashes on my, my, my legs and my hands and my face and my parents took me to the local family doctor who then sent me to a great Dr. Hugh Barry, a 
orthopedic surgeon of, of note of the time in Macquarie Street in Sydney. And I remember being there and the man examined me and he, he sat down. I'm sitting on my father's knee and my father was the sporting editor of the Sydney Daily Mirror newspaper and my mother loved sport. And he looked across the desk and he said, Mr. Hinwood, I need to tell you that your son can never play sport. That's not possible. He has the worst case of knock knees that I've ever seen. And these things are just self-limiting and, you know, there's nothing can be done. He definitely can't play sport. And I don't know what's going to be able to happen with him walking the rest of his life. But, you know, this, this is a very severe condition. And my father was a very stoic man. And I, I never saw my father cry. You know, everything was, is, you know, this, this is 1949, you know, just not long after the war. And uh, it was interesting times. And I could see almost tears welling up my father's eyes. He was ashen grey and my mother was crying. And, uh, and they said, look, there must be something. And he said, no, look, there is nothing. And they just kept hammering away that something. And he said, well, look, what you could do, I could prescribe these orthopedic big built-up boots. And he's going to have to wear those for two years. He can never have bare feet. Or only ever have these boots on when he gets out of bed till he goes to bed. And then I can prescribe these splints will have to be made. And as he's growing, you'll have to keep getting new ones made. And the aluminium, and there's two each leg, and they go from his ankle to his crotch. And you're going to have to put them on with bandages around them and do that every night. That's what he's going to have to sleep in. And that's going to be be for a minimum of a year. But it's really not going to work. He was a very positive fellow. Yes, by the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the placebo effect, and for those people who don't know, that's where the doctor says to you, look, I really believe we've got something here that can can help you, and I want you to take this, or we're going to use this procedure. And I've seen it work so many times, I really feel it can help you. And the research says placebo can be as high as 70%. So just the fact that you're with someone who gives you fantastic positive feedback in healthcare, that starts your healing process immediately. So this fellow was virtually the reverse of the placebo. There's something called the the nocebo. And the nocebo effect is where they point the bone and say you've got two weeks or 10 minutes and you're going to be dead. And and people are. When people have cancer and the doctor says, look, you better go home and tidy your affairs up, you're going to be dead in two weeks. And invariably they are. Because that's the nocebo where they're given a death sentence. It's something. So this was almost a nocebo as opposed to a placebo. And I I remember just seeing my parents and just feeling, I could just, sitting on my father's knee, I could just feel how his body just went rock hard, you know, from just this different person. And that was what I can recall as my first defining moment in life, where I knew I needed to create my own miracle. So I said in my own mind that by 15, I'm going to be an Australian champion in sport. And when I was 15, I won the Australian Open Junior Judo Championship. Yes, I saw that on your site. It's, it's just a, such an, a phenomenal turnaround to go from, you know, when you were three to being told, you know, that you were basically weren't going to be able to walk properly to achieving such a high level of success. And so many things uh, are mind-body. And having been a chiropractor for 35 years, I, I've not really practiced since 1994. I've worked in a coaching, mentoring, consulting and speaking role since then. But my wife, Judy, and I had one of the biggest practices in Australia, in Brisbane. And uh, we saw a third of that practice with children and babies. Mm -hmm. I've just seen so many people in my practice life who were given a sentence, look, you've got to learn to live with this. This is never going to change. 
always going to have a bad back. You're always going to be a severe asthmatic. You're, you're going to be this. You're going to be that. Look, you'll never get rid of those period pains. That's going to plague you until menopause. And I had a practice for all those people. And we'd have people come in who are given those sentences. And with chiropractic care, their life would turn around and they'd come back to what a normal life was. Mm. So I've just seen miracles happen like that. Uh, and and defining moments happen in, in in our lives continually. But it's do we recognize them and then do we work with them to create miracles? Mm. And it's about what we do. And I, I noticed on your site too there's another saying uh, that you've got from Henry Ford, if you think you can, if you think you can't, you're probably right. And, and hearing you say that, tell us that story, it really brings that saying to mind to me because, you know, you, you refuse to, to have that belief that you can't. And so therefore, you know, because you were thinking you, you can, then, and you were right, you, you could improve with your, with your legs and, and then look what you went on to do. And it, yeah. it's the same with all these people that are coming into your practice. Is that what you found? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And our practices weren't built on referral from, from medicine. They were built on referral from patients who had fantastic success. Because you know, success breeds success. And there's a great saying of one of my great mentors in the US, Dr. James Ovie Parker, who's passed on now. He always said, people go where people go because people go where people go. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And, and, and that's what happens. And it's a great quote. I just, you know, Bono, the great, great musician said, you know, the world is more malleable than you think. And it's waiting for you to hammer it into shape. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, you know, we're all the people and as mumpreneurs, you're the people who are hammering your life into shape. Yes. And it can be gentle hammering or full-on hammering. You know, it's, it's how you see it. Mm, I think I've and, got a mallet, John. <laughs> no, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. And if you're parents, you know, sometimes you need mallet with kids to whack it into them. You know? <laughs> but it is, uh, it is so true, you know, with the designer of your life in so many different ways. And you have, you have to take charge and to mould it into being what you, what you want it to be rather than being a passive participant, being the sort of the active creator. Yeah, and it's amazing, you know, from that at 15, uh, when I did my leaving Sydney when I was 17, I, I won a scholarship to study to become a physical education teacher, which I did for three years in Australia, and I taught in England, taught in South Africa, was the Danish national rugby coach. I did some, uh, phys ed was my life, and sport was my life. Mm. And now, yeah, this morning I've been to the gym, I've swum a kilometre, because I just love to stay fit and work out, you know, it's just... One of those things in my health regime, the same as good food is, and take quiet time for the mind every day. And, and then, you know, often I went to bed at 2.30 this morning. I was busy writing and I don't even know what the time is. So when you're engrossed in what you're doing, your body doesn't need that much sleep. Mm. Because, because your body's alive, it's not dead. You know, there are so many people out there who you know, come into this life virtually dead and end the life the same way. Other people come in and they're vibrant and they're vibrant till their last breath goes. Mm. Vibrancy doesn't leave them. It's, it's interesting that you say that because I, you know, I often meet mums and they say, you know, I don't know how you fit it all in. How do you do it? You know, I've got three children, a husband, a stepdad that I, is with us all the time and, and yet I've got these businesses, these online businesses and now I'm about to launch into running seminars and, you know, and I'm like you, I love to exercise, I love to be fit. But you, you find the time and because I'm, I'm, I'm vibrant and, and enjoying what I'm doing, it just works. 
fast track the success of your online business. Download, Download the Ona's free e-course. The three big M's. The three biggest mistakes that most women make with their online business and how you can avoid them. Go to mumprinnersonline.com now. What would you advice would you give to mums in order to try and tap into that? I think the biggest thing is time management and making sure that you organize some time for yourself and organize how things are going to run. If, if I go to our own family, Judy and I, this year we've been married for 45 years and sometimes people call it a life sentence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as my great friend Charlie Tremendous Jones, who, who published, uh, who had me write the book, You Can Expect a Miracle, and he was the, the owner of a great US publisher and speaker, owned executive books, and he said, you know, he said, Never divorce her, John. Never divorce her. Never give another man that pain. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's it's a great way to get rid of telemarketers. You're an awful man. You're an awful man. I said, good, good. Bye-bye. See you later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, so we, we, we'd been married for 18 years and never had any children. Had a you know, vibrant practice. And as I said, we saw a lot of children. And a, a friend came for Christmas and a Canadian friend, she looked, Alistair and I are halfway through adopting a baby from Chile. And uh, we said, well, why would you do that? Don't you like us? We go overseas a couple of times a year. We, uh, we've, we've got great lives and we love what we do. And why would you want to do that? And she said, well, we can't have any children, so we're going to adopt a baby. And by the time she left five days later, we thought, well, geez, maybe that's not it. We could have a family. We couldn't handle babies. So, but we could handle older children. And older children don't normally want to be adopted. So we found at 39 and 40, we were too old to adopt in Australia. So we had to find a loophole in the law because uh, there's always always loopholes if you search. And we found a loophole and uh, this is a democratic country. So we moved to Victoria from Brisbane for one day. <laughs> <laughs> and took out an option to buy a practice and uh, moved in for one day to live with Judy's sister who lived in Melbourne and had a Victorian address and phone number and went to Chile and, and found our family. That's beautiful. Uh, and they were seven and a half and nine boys. And then when we were about to complete all the paperwork, the judge in another part of the country said, we have to adopt their sister. And we said, what are you talking about? They said, they've got a sister who's ten and a half who's in Norfolk, another part of the country, but they haven't seen her uh, wow. for a long, long time. She was taken away when I was very young. And uh, so, you know, so, so started this other part part of our life. And And then when we came back, you know, Judy had to drop out of practice and there was another great miracle there because two two years before that, Judy had uh, uh, cervical cancer and uh, just through totally natural means, through a lot of meditation, through homeopathy, chiropractic, massive dietary shift at all resolved and we went to the Philippines and she had psychic surgery as well and it all resolved itself. So she got over that and then had to leave practice to become a full-time mum to three kids who knew 50 words of colloquial Spanish. We had them tested here. And anyone in our society who's illiterate knows at least a thousand words. So they started from nowheresville, you know. So that was a change. So that was a miracle that, that their lives, that, that, that we found them and we had a family. That was that was our miracle. We had a family. And mm. and, and for them, they said, it's our miracle that, that we found you. So... And now we've got five grandchildren and five, all boys. We've you know, got three more. We've got a rugby scrum. Yeah, we're, we're getting close. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, they're all 
great little kids and our sons have got their own businesses and our daughter's a home mum and you know, great stuff. So all, all these miracles keep happening when you're out there seeking them. So what was it then, you know, you, you, you were a chiropractor and a very successful one at that, you know, both you and your wife for how many years, 20, 30 years? 35. 35 years. And then obviously you've moved away and you've now doing this wonderful stuff with Expect a Miracle work. How did, how did this shift happen? What was it that sort of made that happen? Or were you doing the two alongside each other for a while? Or Well, for 35 years we were. It's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1977, in September, uh, we studied chiropractic in Canada. Well, actually, uh, we moved from uh, Africa. We've been we spent five years of extensive travel off the beaten track and teaching, getting enough money, take, you know, traveling for a year till that ran out. And so we moved from Africa to, to Toronto in Canada for me to study chiropractic. And Judy moved from phys ed teaching to teaching uh, autistic kids for a year. But after six months, she saw how enthused I was for being uh, involved in chiropractic that she applied and enrolled and started the next year. Uh, and actually, how I got into chiropractic was that on our honeymoon 45 years ago this, this December, Judy collapsed and she had had a bad back in phys ed and through, or initially through a horse accident as a child and then through some bad gymnastic accidents on, on the beam and medicine told her that there was nothing wrong with her. It was all in the head. She'd been in a wheelchair in a year or two and she was a head case. And they said, no one can play you know, two sports at a state level and, and teach phys ed and you, you can't have that sort of pain. And all the thing is, they just didn't know what it was. So, unfortunately, medicine does this. They marginalise people if they can't find out the reason for their problem and tell them they're a head case. Yeah. You know, it's one of those sad areas of, of healthcare. So, we knew that wasn't the case, but you know, she lost bladder and bowel control and didn't know what to do with her. And, and that's very serious stuff. Very mm. serious stuff. Mm. And we found out about a chiropractor, didn't know what chiropractors were. And in Bega, and I, we were camping in a tent at Tarth, this beautiful little place on the ocean, little tiny place, and uh, I carried her in there, and this person said for the first time, you do have a problem, I understand what's causing it, you can be helped, you'll never be 100%, but you can be helped and live a normal life, but it's going to take quite a lot of care. And so began her path, and she well, didn't run out of there, she walked out with loads and loads of help, but far different than me carrying her, and uh, bladder and bowels became norm- normal again quite quickly, and she just continued to have chiropractic care wherever we lived around the world until uh, I decided I wanted to, to study that. And then she got excited and got involved. So when I graduated uh, uh, in 77, four years later, uh, I practiced for a year in Toronto while Judy did her final year of internship. And we went to a seminar in Dallas, Texas. Anywhere in healthcare, in Australia, anywhere in the world, doesn't matter what the area of healthcare is, what the discipline is, you're never taught anything about relationships because they're not considered to be important. You're not taught about communication because that's not considered to be important. And you're not taught about being a small business person. That's not considered to be important. But you end up being a great craftsperson. You end up being a great trade person. You know, you're great at your skill, whether it's a skill of being a dentist, whether it's a skill of a surgeon, whether it's a skill of a chiropractor, being able to adjust with finesse, what, 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 whatever it is. You have great trade qualifications, but little to do with, with people or business. Mm-hmm. So we went to this great seminar, 3,000 chiropractors in in, uh, in Dallas, the Dallas Hilton, and in the trade area where you could buy equipment and books and, and, and whatever, there was a stand selling signs. And there were all sorts of signs like, you may say, we appreciate your waiting 
as we're caring for someone who's in greater need at this point in time. Or, oh. or what, <laughs> there, there were all sorts of signs you have for your office. Yeah. You know? this, this is a cash practice office or, or whatever it was. And I saw these signs that were like a DL-sized piece of paper, a little bit bigger than a DL-sized piece of paper. And it said, expect a miracle. And I went over and I bought two of them. And I took them back to my office and I put one in each of my consulting adjusting rooms. And Paige came and said, what's that? Expect a miracle. I said, well, you're here to get well, aren't you? Yeah. I said, right, if you're here to get well, this is a two-person job. I'll do what I need to do and you need to do what you need to do. And between us, let's expect a miracle that you're going to get well. Do you reckon that's a good idea? Yeah, great. So I just had this agree, agreement with patients that miracles were going to happen in our office. And they did. And we moved back to Australia a year later and went up in our office when we practiced in Foster on the mid-north coast of New South Wales for two years and in Gloucester, a beautiful town on the uh, inland, 100 k's. And when we moved to Brisbane in 1980, took the science, put it up in the office again. But in 1987, we did a program with Robert Kiyosaki and DC Cordova in Melbourne called Money and You. And DC Cordova is a Chilean woman and she ran all the logistics for Robert Kiyosaki. She was the back of the room person. And we were chatting at a break and it came up that she was Chilean. We had three Chilean children. And she pulled out of a purse a card that said, expect a miracle. And I said, wow, I've got signs like this in my office. You know, did you design? She said, no. She said, I bought these 10 years ago, a pack of them at the Unity Church in Honolulu when I lived there. And I said, are they copyrighted? She said, well, I don't think so. I said, okay. So I phoned the Unity Church the next week and they said, no, we're not copyrighted. We just sell them in our churches around the world for, for people so they can expect miracles. So I started printing them up and giving them to patients. And then I thought, well, why should I just give them to patients? Why don't I give them to everyone I meet? So I just sort of started on my own personal crusade and I'm up over 90,000 now. Mm. Uh, not, not ones I've sold. These are ones that I've personally given, like I gave you one in, in Melbourne. And I give them people everywhere, every shop, everywhere I go, every hotel, every airline I get on, I give them to the, the flight attendants. It doesn't matter where it is. I give them, give them. And it's grown into so much more now than just the cards, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. And the funny thing is, things come back. I was flying to New Zealand to speak a couple of weeks ago, and I was massively overweight. And the woman was really, the check-in agent was really trying to help me. She had her expecting miracle card, what did you to help me? And the supervisor came along. And it was a woman, probably 60-ish, and she was super efficient. And she said, there's a problem here. And I said, well, I'm a wee bit overweight, and your great uh, tenant here is, colleague is assisting to help me. So, again, I gave this lady an expecting miracle card. And she said, oh, hang on, wait till I get mine. She put her hand in her pocket and pulled hers out. She said, a gentleman gave me this. About five years ago, she said, it's you. You gave me that card. About and that's helped so much. She said, just fix him up. Help me through. Will you? He's spreading miracles, this man. You know? Oh, that's beautiful. I've had people give me cards now. So the boomerang effect is taking place. Yes, it's that concept of pay it forward, you know, the idea that now it's, it's, it's picking up momentum and now it's coming full circle. That, in turn, has created so many stories. And my... Great mentor, Charlie Tremendous Jones, who was the longest-running platform speaker in, in the US. Uh, Charlie had a great saying that the only thing that makes you different today than yesterday is the people you meet and the books you read. And Charlie was a publisher in the US and published some amazing self-help books from the greatest authors. And he said to me, not long before he, he passed on in 2008, and he said, 
you've had so many incredible stories come to you from people you've given cards to about miracles and your life's been full of them. You said, you've got to write a book and I need to publish this because I'm, I'm dying, as, as you know. And it was the last book he published and it came out six, six weeks before he is passing. Uh, and you know, the book's in many categories uh, and there's just some fantastic stories in the book that's you can buy it on, on, on Amazon, on, on Kindle. Uh, I sell the ebook, uh, the hard copy. And it's in a whole range of categories. And before you go to bed at night, so many people watch the late news. Ah, uh, yes. Watching someone's head being blown off in Afghanistan or, you know, awful, awful stuff. And before I go to bed, this book is my good friend John D. Martini has, has, has written. Yeah, you know, it's a great source of inspiration, continually bring miracles into your life, and a great book to read a miracle story from just before you drop off to sleep. Miracles attitude, of courage, of family, of freedom, of health and well-being, of hope, lessons in life, love, self, sport, travel, work, miracles through the ages. So there's spans a whole range of things that you can connect with. And it's just about bringing hope and an experience Expectancy, not an expectation. And I think this is the greatest thing for people to understand. If they have expectation, often nothing's ever fulfilled. But if you have expectancy, that means you have the expectancy and then you go out and you create the outcome. Yes. Create the outcome by setting the goal, by taking action steps. And then when you've achieved the miracle, and the miracle can just be small stuff, something that's just come to you on tippy toes. It doesn't have to be the sky opening. You know, it's, it can be just small things. And the first time your baby smiles, the very first time, that's a miracle. The fact that you've given birth to your child, that's a miracle. So it also comes down to recognizing and having gratitude for when these little small things are happening to you each and every day. Yeah, that's the fourth step that you've come in with. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> and the fourth step is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's gratitude in finding the people who assisted you on the path to creating the miracle and thanking them verbally. But the biggest thing is thank them in a written form. Mm-hmm. Send them a card. Send them some flowers. You know, send them an email. Do something as well as thanking them verbally. But create it so it affects all their senses. Because as soon as you do that and you've satisfied the gratitude principle, then you're ready to set another goal and start the action again. Start, it's a cycle. It's a never-ending cycle that you're the creator of. Yep. It's something that I think is, is unfortunately in society, a lot of people are uh, letting that go with that, that gratitude and thanks, especially, like you say, taking the time to write that card or that email or pick up the phone to say thank you. A lot of people uh, are forgetting that in society these days, I find. Yeah, my, my, my wife, Judy, is a, a great sought-after speaker and uh, she speaks on Mind Your Life and fascinating stuff. And she had a, a really great win yesterday, a miracle for her. And I was out uh, buying a, a couple of uh, plants for my veggie garden I just wanted a bit more activity with uh, pollination so I went out and bought a couple of flowers to attract some more bees and I saw this incredible pot of pansies there at Bunnings so I bought her this big pot of pansies because she just phoned me to say she had this huge win this miracle she just had so this big 
pot of pansies are on the side table beside a bed as, as a celebration. So we've got to celebrate things. Yes. Because yep. if we don't celebrate, then then we're not rewarding ourselves and congratulating ourselves or congratulating friends or, or family, people close to us, that there's another miracle. Yeah. As just drawing it back to our audience and being mothers and, and you sort of – it's very easy to get stuck in the into the daily grind, isn't it? And and to just feel like you're on a treadmill and you get up, you get the kids ready, you feed them, you you know you do your daily grind stuff. And I think to stop and to and have those celebrations, but also to stop and to to be grateful and and have gratitude for you know the great things in your life is just that's what I think breaks that daily grind. You bet it does. And if I can go back a step, when when you said how can mums get get to achieve more and you've got all these things to do. Here, here we were, 18 months married, just two of us. Sorry, 18 years married, just two of us. And and then all of a sudden we get three older children into our lives who, when we found them, they were lies, these and cheats. That's how they survived. They had to do it to live and survive. Mm-hmm. So we had to work with them to totally change their values. And most of that was done by duty because I was busy with practice. And so we came to a, an agreement because the kids would wake up sort of around seven and I started practice at seven in the morning. Instead of starting practice later, I would get up at four. I, I was a, a runner for 20 years, missed 10 days of running in 20 years. I get up, I go from a run uh, and then I go to the, the, the office by six to read all my x-rays and get prepared for the day. But then I'd be home at dinner time in the evening. And when I came home, the first thing we did in the summer, I had half an hour in, in the pool with, with the kids. If it wasn't in the pool or it was winter time, we had a half hour of wrestling every day. That was it. And I changed my schedule. So I had Tuesday morning off and all day Thursday off and Saturdays and Sundays, of course, as well. So I had good time where Judy could do her things and I could take the kids. And you're seeing that more and more now. You know, Back, back when we did, did that in the mid-'80s, you know, not many men were doing that. It was still very much, you know, women at home, men, men, men working. And where I swim at Forest Lake in Brisbane now every, each day, uh, it's the pool is 80% used for learn to swim for, for babies and tiny tots. And it's fantastic to see most of those classes now, even during, during the day, are 50-50. 50% men, mm. babies and and, and ankle biters and 50% women, where 10 years ago plus it would have been probably 100% women. You know, so there's a shift taking place. And I know I've got a son who's a tiler, a son who's a, uh, a plumber, and both of them, their wives are, are nurses, and they both take times where they don't work a couple of days a week and they look after the babies, where the women can fulfill their career, go back and, and things. So it's great to see this huge shift in life from being, you know, mama at home, Popper at work to seeing this, this this melding taking place, and to me that's a miracle. Yes, it is, and you know, and it, it just coming from the perspective of the community that we've got listening to this podcast, John. Just you know, the miracle of the internet and how that has given women the flexibility to be able to make that choice if they do want to stay home, but you know, be able to contribute to the income and and also stimulate their their minds. That they have this opportunity now to develop, you know, quite successful online businesses. Yeah, and I, I know my, my my wife, Judy, one of the things she did, which was phenomenal, because our kids were so far behind all their peers, she made sure that 
she taught them how to cook, do their own washing, do their own iron. Well, she supervised the washing. (laughs) (laughs) Taught them the iron so they could do their own ironing. And they kids used to come home from school and watch them doing ironing and were blown away that they could iron their own shirts. Wow, it's incredible. Mm. A miracle. You know, so kids would come and see these things and it's great. And I know both my sons now cook more than their wives do and uh, it's great that they, they, they have all those skills that, that, that are great skills for creating a family and, and uh, creating a great relationship as opposed to skills being segmented. This is yours, this is mine, this is male, this is female. I, I don't see it, see it that way. I, I love to cook too uh, and do. So all those things, I think, where you really share the activity of life creates more and more miracles. It makes you open to yeah. receiving things. Yeah. No, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm definitely in that scenario at home with my husband. And uh, I've got three boys, John, So, and they're all learning to cook and to fold their own clothes and all of those things. So it is, it is a matter of, of we see very much ourselves as a team and we work together as a team. Um, so it's, like you say, it's not that this is my job, that's your job. We all just chip in and, and, and help wherever needed. And that's sort of, how, I suppose, how we get by uh, and make it all work. Um, but if, if, if women um, are listening to this podcast, John, and I'm sure you'll be able to give some really great tips, one of the things that I struggled with in the early days of, of starting out as an entrepreneur was getting over those self-limiting beliefs of I can't or I'm not good enough or you know all those sorts of little voices that sort of chipper away over your shoulder. Have you got any tips of, of things that, or strategies they might be able to use in order to help push past those thoughts? I think the first thing is that you know in your heart that you're the one that creates the miracles. It's it's the world around you that supports you for them to happen. And have that belief system in you. And I know I, I can connect to my – I connected my kids probably easier than, than Judy did initially because she was like six A's at, at school. She was exceptionally bright. I was very dyslectic. So I was – always getting the cane outside the headmaster's office running messages because I was because I was so dys- dyslectic and also I was a hopeless stutter till I was 14. Uh, those things meant that I had to ask other kids what's going on and things and that was just seen as someone who was a, a disruptive person so I was never allowed to go to a high school and I was sent to a place where when you were 14 10 months you could just leave and you know, just went and found a job as a labourer or, or whatever you did. Mm. And uh, I remember my parents were told that maybe his highest station in life could be to work in the post office or be a silkscreen printer. That there is only two two choices. <laughs> Educationalists can so get it wrong at times, can't they? Absolutely, and I think yeah. that's the same thing again. You, you need to look inside to say just because somebody says something, it's only their opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not my opinion. But sometimes it's that little voice inside your head that's trying to convince you it's your opinion. So what do we do about that, John? <laughs> okay, I, I think you need to step back. Mm-hmm. And if that's happening now, I'm you know, physically going to stand up here from where I'm speaking to you with my headset on. And if I want to change something, I physically make a huge step. And I'm taking right now a huge step to the left. And I'm in a different box now. Okay. You've got to physically leave the box you're in and go to a new box. 
And in that box, it's fresh, it's alive. And that box is a box that enables you to do whatever it is you want. I like that. I love the fact that you've attached some physicality to it so it's taking it out of just what's going on in your mind. And, and the other thing is that if I reach my hand in, in my right pocket here and in my right pocket, I've got a small little pile of Expecto Miracle cards with an elastic band around them. And on the back of those Expecto Miracle cards with this little elastic band around, it's got the goals that I'm working on right now. They're the, the most important goals in my life. And I read those goals numerous times in a day. And I can be, okay, I went in my, I've got a, a sister-in-law who's in Denmark for seven weeks on holiday and she needed something uh, from the pharmacy here that she can't get in Denmark. So I went in and bought it for and mailed it to her and they made me wait for 10 minutes while the uh, pharmacist checked something. And so I got cards there, I just pull them out and I just read through those goals. And, of course, the goal is in pen, but the date at the bottom is in pencil because I may need to change that date to fulfill it. So if I'm continually working on my mind to see the picture in my mind and I close, I read it, close, close my eyes, I see what it is, then because I've got nine books in the next three months which are all going to be released in three months' time on, on Amazon. Uh, that I've been working on now for some of them for four years since my first book came out. And so I'm doing a lot of tidying up and a whole range of stuff there. And so that's one of them. With all those titles of the books, uh, You Can Expect a Miracle and Miracle, miracle Mindset Tips from A to Z. Yes, you can. More stories to bring miracles to your life, insights into life, all the various titles of these books. And I'm reading through those. So mm. flourishing. My garden. Now, I went and planted those two marigolds earlier in my physical garden, but I got to work on my mental, emotional, and spiritual garden also. And then, if I'm reading those things, they're the things I'm working on full on at the moment. And 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 when I left the, the bathroom this morning, I read my sixteen affirmations, and I read them every day. I know them, Cole. You know, the, the first one says, "I'm a master of persistence, and I do what it takes with love." There's a, there's a lot of power in that, John. I think to have them on your physical body at all times, the way you, you, you're describing to me, and the fact that you can just reach down at any time and, and they're there to remind you as to what your goal is, what your pathway is, where you're heading. Because I think it's very easy to have these goals and, and you maybe some people will just keep them in their heads or they might write them on a bit of paper, but then it's set aside and forgotten about so easily, isn't it? Someone says to me uh, when I'm speaking and facilitating a program, whatever I'm doing, and we're doing something on goals, and I ask, you know, who has goals? People put their hand up. Who uh, has them in their head? People put their hand up. Now, who has them written down? Uh, usually only about 10% of the room. Mm. So if someone's got them in their head, I say, you haven't got them. That's living up in, in, in a like a jungle. Until you write it down and you're physically committed to paper, you haven't got one. Mm. It's the same if someone gets married, they sign a marriage certificate. If you buy a house, you sign them. If you're with a bank, you sign a mortgage. And it's not yours till you've signed the mortgage. Or you're not duly married in law till you sign the marriage certificate. You know, there's, there's certain things that happen that you have to commit to. Mm-hmm. If they're truly committed. And a goal, when you're truly committed to it, you write it down. 
But taking it that step further, because I mean, I've, I've written goals plenty of times in the past, but then they sit on my office desk or they sit on the wall next to my computer. But it's very easy to then forget that you've made that commitment to yourself. So I love the idea of them being on my physical self. So they're there, they're in, like you say, in your pocket or for a girl, maybe in their purse or something like that. So every time you open your purse, you're seeing them there and you pull them out. That's, I think there's a lot of power there. Here I'm, I'm having to wait 10 minutes in the pharmacy. I go in the post office. I'm in the post office. I read them there. I'm in the supermarket. I read them there. And then you you're know? committing them. You're committing them to your subconscious so much de- at a much deeper level. I, I see that. I see that that's how it works. And there's other miracles. I, I look around from here now and I've got a, an A1 huge sheet and it's my life map or my treasure map. And in the center is a photograph of Judy and myself and our family and out from it of all the things that are going to happen. It takes between five and seven years for me to get that out. It's a pictorial mm. view. And a copy of that is A4 in my diary compendium that I travel with. The same as the, my affirmations. I've got one in the bathroom, I've got one on the desk here, and I've got one in my compendium that I travel with. Mm. So, bam, these things are there. I don't have to go looking. I've got them with me. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wrote a blog post a while ago about people, you know, taking the point of view that a lot of people say, oh, vision boards don't work or, you know, these things don't work. But I think that's the mistake where people fall down, isn't it? Because they, they might go to the trouble of creating this thing, but then they don't emotionally connect to it enough to have it in their minds all the time because it's just done and then forgotten. Yeah, and they put it in a cupboard. Mm. This is up on my wall, in my diary. Uh, and also what you can do is... When, when you do them, they haven't reduced to A4, they'll often reduce them again and make them business card size. And you can carry little tiny ones around with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know people who, who then have a photo, have a color copied and have one, uh, mine's laminated on the board, another one laminated under their bed and they take it out from under their bed every morning and stand on it to ground themselves in it. Yeah, I like that too. That's great. <laughs> See, because health, is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And you're going to feed all those gardens. You've got to water those gardens and tend those gardens and put sun on them and give them shade as well. They all need it. Because if you're not covering all those bases, miracles don't find their way to you. They get, they get lost somewhere. If you'd like to become a mompreneur and spend more time at home with your family thanks to a successful online business, then we can help. Join the Mentoring Moms Membership Program program. and access a full range of step-by-step videos and supporting training materials. The Mentoring Moms Membership Program is an online business blueprint just for moms. To find out more, go to mentoringmomsonline.com. Okay, so... I suppose when you think about something like the secret, you know, um, and, and it's not just about sort of putting the intention out there. You've got to take that action as well, isn't it? It's it's the action is the important part. Oh yeah, first of all is the planning. Mm. So that's set the goal. Then take the action steps. And what are the action steps that that you need to take, and then you need to put them into place. And remember, with my vision board or my my treasure map, life map here, I know. It takes me, because I've been doing them now for 30 or 27 years, it takes somewhere between five and seven years for all those things on that to come out. So Stephen Covey, if you've read any of Stephen Covey's work, he's an amazing author. Yes, he is, isn't he? Successful people. He talks about the farm and the law of the school. And everyone on this call would have sat for an exam at some time in their life that's been multiple choice. 
Now, you know, to pass exams at school, all of us, if, it, if we didn't really like the subject, probably didn't do too much in it. But the, the last couple of weeks before the exam, we just hammered it. And we wrote, learned the stuff when we passed the exam. If we had to go and do the exam three, six months, nine months later, we probably would have failed. Because it was the law of the school. We just brought it to, remembered it, short-term memory, and dumped it. Now, some people go through life and it's the law of the school. It's all short-term. They want things to happen overnight. But farmers, the law of the farm is very different. They know that they put the seed in and it depends what it is. You put radishes in, you may get a radish crop in two weeks. Now, you put spinach in, it may take a month and it keeps going up in time frame. You plant an avocado seed, it may be seven years before you get your first crop and you need water, you need sun, you need various things to reap your harvest. But by going from tiny seeds you can reap a harvest that's phenomenal. It could be just a one-off, like you cut the lettuce and it's left the garden because the lettuce only takes four weeks to get there. But you plant an orange tree and it's, I don't know, two or three years before you get your crop, but it creeps cropping oranges every year for 25 years. So those things you have to work on, miracles come from planning and they also come from putting things into place that continually will reap rewards. So it's the slower thing that... that that happens. It's like building wealth. You don't build wealth overnight. It's a slow process. But then as the process goes, you get an exponential curve. And towards the end, it really starts to rapidly increase. Mm. That is so true. I'm thinking of the women in our community, uh, John, who are you know developing online businesses. And I know that sometimes, you know, the frustration is there that it's not happening fast enough or, you know, they get... Some people, you know, get bored in with the whole overnight success thing. But, um, you know, to hear that, it's, it's a really good reminder that it is worth investing and in planting that seeds and putting in the fertiliser and all of those things because at the end of the day, you're going to have a much better crop. Well, I know right now in my 21 years of coaching, consulting and, and, and mentoring and, and speaking to the chiropractic world, I've now act as chairman of our company, the Centre for Powerful Practices, and I've decided to commit my time to people worldwide in spreading the Expectant Miracle message, as, as well as my, my role in, in our other company. Now I'm spending a great deal of my time uh, with Expectant Miracle because I know the more people who expect miracles and have that miracle expectancy, not expectation, then things move. And when I go back to that expect expectation expectancy bit, for instance, someone turns 18 and they've got a driver's license 17, 16, whatever the age is, wherever they live. And a young person may say, wow, wow, i got my license, wow. I can get a car, mum and dad will buy me a car. Well, that's an expectation. The one that really achieves stuff in life is the one that has a miracle expectancy that says, wow, i got a license now. Heck, I can get a second job as well as my job at, at Macca's in the afternoon. I know I'll get another job and I can save money and I can have a car in the next two years. So... It's a slow process and they get it and they understand it. It's the expectation of what they can gain now because of what's happened. It goes to not expectation but expectancy. Yeah, it's, it's a subtle difference but the outcome is very different, isn't it? You bet it is. Mm. It's, the outcome is massively different because the person who has the expectancy then creates that in every area of their life. And the more solid the foundation is in any business – the longer it lasts. I, I, I was speaking in Thailand. A fellow came out of the audience, ran a big internet business in Thailand. He said, I can make you famous on the internet. 
And, and I thought, well, if someone searches for John Henwood, I'm about 55 pages deep on Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on, on the first page, I'm out of the 10 listings, nine of me, one is John Henwood, who was transported here in 1832 <laughs> <laughs> from, for, for stealing a loaf of bread in England. You know, so I, I've, I've, got great, I've got great background. <laughs> well, I won't tell you what comes up when you Google Fiona Lewis. It's quite hysterical. <laughs> Have a Google and you'll see. <laughs> so I, I know if, if, if I Google it or ex Google Expectum Regal, no matter what you put after it, whether it's signs, cards, images – like, I'm there too. I'm just pages and pages deep. And I thought, well, it's not about that. And I'm doing work now with some SEO people on looking. There's so many, there's hundreds and hundreds of miracle stories on expectamiracle.com. People would love to go there. And there's also hundreds of video stories, people telling credible stories by, by, by video as well. And so I'm doing some work now SEO-wise, a lot of planning and backroom work to connect people so if they're having a relationship problem or a depression problem or they're having uh, all sorts of things happening in their lives and they're looking for some help on, they can land on one of our pages and it'll have some incredible miracle stories written by people who have been through that or they're looking for hope or uh, their attitude is not right and they can written video stories. So I'm working on that and that's a lot of, of work. It's not instantaneous. It's something now that's going to take me possibly the next six to 12 months to get that in the best shape to help more and more people. So good things take time. They do. They do indeed. This is Mumpreneur's online must-have resource, resource of, of the, the week. week. John, um, we mentioned before the call, you've got a fantastic resource uh, available for our listeners. Would you like to explain what that is? If they go to expectmerical.com, the website said has hundreds and hundreds of stories posted of amazing things that happen in people's lives. Also, there's video there. Uh, again, hundreds of people telling incredible video stories about miracles. Uh, I've recorded over 200 miracle messages, which I've they've run on many country radio stations uh, in Australia. And there's a 55-second recording that you can listen to. I currently have four websites, expectmiracleradio.com also, expectmiracleschool.com and my blog, You Can Expect a Miracle. But I'm in the process at the moment of bringing all those back to Expect a Miracle. All the content will still be there, but it'll just be on buttons from the one site just to get more optimization and, and get a stronger brand for Expect a Miracle. And of course, it is constantly changing and you have to adapt. I've been there with Expectum Regal now for over four years. And when I started, home pages were long and, and lots of info. Now, home pages are short and small and above the fold. And so you just need to adapt to what's happening. Yes. As well as those, I do public events where Expectum Regal School is a four and a half hour event where I teach the 13 steps creating miracles in your life. I, I do other events for the Australian Institute of Management, like Mal Emery's group, all sorts of private groups on the miracle mindset, creating miracles in your life, miracles in your business. I do them for chambers of commerce, schools, churches, all sorts of organizations. So if there's anybody listening here who'd like me to speak, they can go on and there's a book, John, as a speaker, and they can contact me there and tell me what they're looking for and I can support them. Now, the other thing that your listeners would probably be interested in, I have a Miracle Mindset Private Members Club. And that club 
started in March of this year, and it only started through people who come to the website or have heard me speak around the world, and they said, look, I'd like to stay connected to a community uh, of people who think like I do. And could you create something? So I created the Miracle Mindset Private Members Club, and people have been joining from, from all over the world, and it's, uh, it's a mentoring group of like-minded individuals who I work with monthly, and I, I work in cyberspace because synergy is an extremely powerful tool to accelerate our growth and help us move to higher levels of achievement and happiness in our lives and our businesses. And I heard a great formula once, and this is the first thing in math we taught our kids when we found them in Chile. As one and one equals 11, not two. That's happens with synergy. When you get two minds working together, you don't get double the output. You can get 11 times the output. Yeah, okay. If you have one draft horse, it can pull X amount of load. Two draft horses don't pull 2X, they can pull 6X. Six draft horses can pull like 100X. There's this exponential thing that happens when you add people or you add resources. Chrome, Iron and Chrome have, have two different PSI units of, of strength. You combine them together and I think it's about six, five or six times PSI. So it's what you do in combining minds and items together that create things. So being together with a group of people. And, and it works very simply in that when someone joins, they get a personal autographed copy of my book. They also get an ebook version of it. Uh, and they get a 10-minute video on called The Miracle Mindset where I, I teach you how to develop a miracle mindset in 10, 10 minutes. Uh, they get a pack of 50 Expected Miracle cards to get, get them started. And then... Each Thursday of the month, the first Thursday, people get an article that, that I write, uh, and the article is about a particular area in your life that you can work on to create more miracles. The second week is a, a video from me. I, I do a video uh, each week on a whole range of things, steps you can take, things to do to create more miracles in your life. The third week is a webcast where I go over and I dissect that article and I add stories to it, and I answer questions that people have posted about the article on in the private me members area. And the fourth one is one of the, the members uh, has sent me a video that I posted about an incredible miracle that's happened in their life through things that, that they've done, plus there's a, a monthly newsletter you receive. So it's fantastic value for people. Mm. And then each March, because we only started this March, but every March we're going to have a one-day gathering of all those members who can make it for the, for the Miracle Mindset Private Members Club at the Gold Coast and have a one-day bash, incredible seminar day. Now, that's a gift. For me to put that on would be like a $795 fee for someone to attend, but that's a gift. That's part of the membership. That's an amazing group of things that you've put together there, John. I can imagine the, the power of being part of that group would be incredible. People who are in it are just getting so much and they're just, just, just loving it. And, uh, Transformational, I'd imagine. And the fee for that is, is $4.97 if you're an Australian resident. There's GST on top of that. Yep. Uh, but it's, it's just something that people are getting so much from and they're absolutely loving it. Mm. Anybody's on the call, you know, they can go to the website, expectmiracle.com, and you'll see on the left it says Miracle Mindset private month you can click on there if you want to email me you can email me at john at expectamiracle.com 
if anyone wants to post any stories, they can go and post stories on the website. I'd love to receive them as well. Uh, and and look, what I'm happy to do, you said to me, if I could help your mumpreneurs, and look, I would love to, then I will give people 24 hours to, to join. Fantastic. Okay. All right. And I'll make sure I put that in the post, ladies. So when you're listening to this podcast, um, make sure that you head over to mumpreneursonline.com com and uh, I will have the the data and and the link to John's site as well so you can click on that and go uh, to c- collect the this special from John but you need to email him to to be able to get that is that right yeah they'll need to email me personally yes uh, to get that but if they click on that miracle minds are private and more info all the info is about what they get all those things that I've said but they can uh, email me because I'll have to be a person personal email so I'll make sure it gets processed with that discount Okay, fantastic. And you did mention as well there was a, a nice gift that you'd like to offer the ladies if they prepared to email you as well. well. Again, they'll need to email me. What I can do is send them a three-minute video which goes through the formula for creating miracles in your life. It's got some other fantastic live stuff on. It's a video that you can you can play often for three minutes to get yourself focused into the miracle mindset mode. Also, there's uh, an ebook that that I'll be sending you free, and also a template, so you can produce your own expected miracle cards. You can either print them off yourself, or you can give the template uh, electronically to your printer, and have your printer print them off. So whichever way you got the ink colors there, the the font is is my brand. You can't get that font; it's not available. So you get that special expected miracle font that just carries a huge amount of energy with it. And then you can produce your own cards and start handing them out. Fantastic, John. Uh, I think, ladies, you know, please make sure that you do touch base with John, either either just to receive that free resource that he has very kindly offered, to get on to read some of the miracle stories. And I've been through his website, and there's some incredible stories on there. It's truly inspirational to read them. And and uh, by all means, please consider joining the private members group as well, because. I'm, I'm actually part of a few different mentoring groups and I can tell you what John says is so true. Being part of that group where you have, you know, the energy of, of several people together, it, that's when you really start to see transformation and change in your life. So, John, thank you so much for your time today, for uh, coming to share with us your, your wonderful insights on life. And uh, we'll look forward to keeping you in our community in, in different ways and, and touching base with you again in the future. And Fiona, in, in closing... If there's one thing I can say, you asked me at the start, how can people really stay connected? And I know mums have such a busy time at home. It's just taking a little bit of time each day, even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes of quiet time for yourself, 20 minutes or half an hour at some time, whether it's before the kids get up, when they go to bed, when they're at school or when they're sleeping, some time for you. And if I just go back, the Miracle Mindset Private Members Club, that's another reason I created it, because it can give you that short period of time weekly to get yourself focused and connected. Because when you're focused and connected, you lead a life of miracles. They just come to you. You start to become a miracle magnet. I love that. Thank you so much, John. We'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. Okay, Fiona. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mumpreneurs Online. If you like today's episode, then you'll love all the extra information on our website. Go to mumpreneursonline.com now.